The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome back to the Walker Report Extra with Graham again and we're joining you after a win. We've actually won a game at home. 364 days we'll wait for that and it came as easy as that within two games from Chris Coleman. We've got another home game on Saturday and now we've got the monkey off our back. I'm feeling quietly confident about beating Birmingham if I'm honest with you. This week we've got Birmingham Podcast, the Tilton Talk Show. We've got Chris who's a Birmingham fan. How are you doing Chris? How are you doing Graham? You alright? Very good mood, I must be honest. How's uh, the mood at Birmingham at the minute? Uh, not so good, I think it's fair to say. Not as good as you guys, definitely. Well, it's funny, because in the past two podcasts that have preceded this, I spoke to Rich, who's a Wolves fan, and then I spoke to Jack, who's a Fulham fan, and both their previous games were 1-0 wins over Birmingham. I feel like the podcast starts the same every single week, just discussing Birmingham. I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but if you can tell me how things have been from your side I'll be interested yeah so it's interesting that you say um, you've waited 364 days for your last home win uh, since your last home win should I say it's been a 360 odd days to forget for Blues really since uh, Gary Rowett sacked this time last year the 14th of December 2016 it was we were Outside the playoffs on goal difference and Gary Rowett was sacked. And since then, it's just been a disaster after a disaster. This season's been no different. We started with Harry Redknapp in charge. Obviously, with Harry Redknapp in charge, the transfer window is, is quite quite erratic. I think there was 15 players bought in in the summer. There was a lot of optimism, but that never really, never really amounted to anything. And Redknapp was sacked after a home defeat to Preston in which we were relatively mid-table and Steve Cottrell was brought in and things have got even worse since then. And after this weekend's results, which included you winning at home, where we will meet you next week sitting bottom of the table. I was looking at your results and I seen, I always like to discuss like your last game starting off first and foremost. And I mean, we, we didn't have the best of starts, as you know. We're starting to pick up a little bit now with... Yeah. A much better manager, basically, to give you honesty. But I remember playing QPR at home and we even managed to get a draw for QPR and probably, I mean, I remember watching QPR and they were terrible. But your game on Saturday, I seen that you got beat 2-1 off QPR. What, what's going on? Um, well, I mean, the confidence is so low at Blues, you know, whether it's, whether it's from the fans, the players have got absolutely zero confidence in, in, in their own ability at the moment. And everything is just so fragile. We've had decent results at home. I think we beat Cardiff at home on a Friday night when they were top of the table. 
And then we beat Nottingham Forest 1-0 at home when they were in pushing for the playoffs as well. But they are just, they are one-offs at the moment. And like you say, QPR at home, when you're struggling down the bottom, you, you look at something like QPR at home as as one of the fixtures you need to get three points from. But like I say, the confidence is so low and I think they took the lead you know, within, inside 10 minutes and, and it took us a while to get going. Uh, we got an equaliser in the second half, midway through the second half. And at that point, you think, OK, you're pushing on, the crowd are behind you and somehow we managed to, we managed to lose the game. Like you say, QPR haven't won away from home since, funnily enough, they beat us under Gianfranco Zola last year when they, they came to our place and won 4-1. So they seem to enjoy coming to St Andrews as as much as the next team at the moment. That sounds very Sunderland-esque, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, like I say, I think I think to be fair, coming on your show, you guys are are the only ones really over the last year that could that could understand what it's like for Blues at the moment. You've gone through your your rough times as well. Hopefully, now for you guys under under Coleman, things will turn around. Now you've got the right managerial appointment. I think it is the right managerial appointment for you. But like I said, since Rowett was sacked, we've made three terrible managerial appointments. You know, and and, and none of them have worked. And and this one's certainly not working as well. And and the fans are really on Cottrell's back now. And it's funny. I was looking through obviously the the stats and stuff like that, and you, you've kind of alluded. I mean, we mentioned Gary Rowett a few of the lads when we had Moyes last year, and we'll talk about bringing Rowett in, and and he'd been sacked. Yeah. And what we said with with Rowett was well, what I've noticed with Rowett was since he's gone, obviously you've had Zola, Red, you've actually had about as many wins this season as you've had managers in the past year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, like you say about Rowett, he was with us for about two and a half years, two years with absolutely zero money to spend you know working on loans and free transfers and and as i say the the day we were sacked was was just after a one nil win at home to ipswich um and we were outside the playoffs on goal difference and and the turnaround has been dramatic and, and why was he sacked because i don't think we really got an answer to that and i think it wasn't just us and yourselves that was surprised i think a few people turned their noses up at that yeah i I think the Blues fans are split on this one. Basically, what we're led to believe is that the board came out and the Birmingham media basically told us that he was touting for other jobs. So he'd spoken, I think he'd asked to speak to Fulham about their job and Wolves about their vacant manager's job. But good managers good managers are going to do that. He's, he's working with absolutely nothing to spend at Blues. you know. And, and if a club comes in offering him £20 million to spend in the transfer budget... It's only he's only human. He's more than welcome to to go and speak to those clubs. And at the end of the day, and this is what the Blues fans are split on. I think fifty percent say good riddance to him. Then if he didn't want to be here, he didn't want to be here. But the other fifty percent, which I'm part of, says why would you sack a really good manager just because he's speaking to other clubs? You know, let him go. If 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 he's that desperate to go, he'll he'll go somewhere in the end. And then he looks the bad guy. We sacked him, and it's been like I say, a year to forget. And it's it's it was it seemed like it's it's funny you, you put that to me because I generally didn't know. I just thought he'd been sacked for the sake of being sacked. And I guess maybe there's an element of truth in in, in both sides. But to then replace him with Zola and then Harry Redknapp, which yeah, I mean, Z- Z- the Zola appointment was was bewildering. I honestly think that was. That was let's get a name in, a big name that that people from abroad will know. At the end of the day, the, our current owners are an investment company, so they want the best possible amount to sell blues on for. And I think I think the Zola appointment was more on 
on his name rather than his managerial ability. Neely took us down. They sacked him with three games to go at the end of last season and brought Redknapp in. Now, to be fair to Redknapp, he kept us up. And I think, you know, only really Redknapp could have done that because he turned things around dramatically for those last three games. But then to give him the job at the start of the season, I don't think he was ready for it. I think he just wanted to spend as much money as possible. QPR fans worried, warned us about this. Portsmouth fans warned us about it. I think Blues fans got a bit carried away, but it turned out that it was the same old story, really. And then again... Cottrell was a strange one. I think Cottrell was based on the fact that he was Harry's number two at the end of last season. So they they probably thought if it wasn't Harry that kept us up, maybe it was Cottrell. So they appointed Cottrell, but that's certainly not looking like that's the case either. No, and I mean, I I remember Steve Cottrell from his time at Sunderland and he was assistant manager under Howard (coughs) Wilson. Oh, okay, yeah. He was rotten. Um, I mean, that was a rotten period for us in general, but he used to just run up and down the touchline writing down notes. And I do remember quite clearly, he used to write down notes every game and he was he was so frantic with it. You think, what's he writing? And then he stopped one game. And I remember some bloke shouting at him from the, the stands, Steve, do you not know how to spell shite? <laughs> it's a funny moment, but he was, and he's never really kicked on from there, has he? No, no. I, I mean... Uh... Again, you try and be optimistic. You try and be positive when the when the managerial appointment is made. And you know, if I think a few few Blues fans were looking at his time at Bristol City. He was quite successful there. Got a couple of promotions under his belt at lower league as well. And I think they were hoping that he'd be able to to turn it around based on you know a lot of people within the game say he's a good coach. And I think that was. That was what we were pinning our hopes on. But to be fair, I think that's the last thing this club needs. These these players are severely lacking in confidence. You know, we're struggling to string three passes together within 10 yards of each other. Um, you know, we're giving the ball away so easily. And there's been a trait of our season all, all, all season, to be fair. So I think the one thing we did need was, was a strong leader and a good man manager. And I think, as you've indicated there, there is a worry about his his ego and his man management skills. Like I said, the the start that he's had, it suggests that he's still struggling. It's funny. The more I'm listening to you speak, you could be talking about Sunderland a couple of months ago. Yeah. And we've seen the turnaround with Coleman coming in because he's, I mean, we're talking five games, but it feels like he's been here a bit longer than that. He's actually been here just under a couple of days, under a month, but just the attitude and a man that understands a football club and is a good man manager and a good understands what he has and puffs his chest out just makes so much difference yeah uh, and and that's how big you know a managerial appointment and it it shows for me how good a job Rarit was doing you know he had a squad I'd arguably say if you wrote it down on paper the current blue squad is better than the squad Rarit had when he was sacked a year ago but the, the managers that have followed Rarit haven't been able to get the best out of their players and I think at this level especially it is about getting the best out of your players. You know, Simon Grayson has done it at other clubs, but he clearly wasn't doing it at Sunderland. He, he probably didn't understand the club, like as you say. You know, I think Sunderland and Blues are similar in a way. You you have to understand the fans and you have to understand the club. You know, that they're, they're, they're quite special clubs, big clubs that have underachieved for a long time. And I think Coleman's got it straight away and it's showing in the results and, and performances as well. Um, and I think it's important that if... You know, there's there's a rumour that should we lose at Sunderland, Cottrell might not last long. If he doesn't, the next managerial appointment has to be someone that understands the club and has to be someone that gets those players playing for him. Totally agree with you on that. I think, you know, what you say about Birmingham and Sunderland have really strong similarities. I've never 
I mean, I've been to St Andrews a few times, and it's it's got a similar sort of atmosphere to what the stadium like can be. It's but it's quite I can't think of the word off the top of my head, but it's 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 quite ferocious. And if it's if it's in a positive fashion, the team, obviously you behind Birmingham, was behind Sunderland. Yeah, away teams don't like coming there. I mean, I've never been to Birmingham and seen us win, and I remember it being quite intimidating for yeah, like during the Premiership years. And you know, at the same time, it can be the opposite way. It can be almost apathetic, and it just goes to show us on Saturday. The fans were fantastic. The team worked their bollocks off. We we responded to that, and it was you could see Fulham. It knocked Fulham ever so slightly and it pushed us on even more and the players run an extra five yards and that is what really makes a difference in this division, I think, because if one thing I've noticed in this division since we've been in it, if you don't work hard, you'll be caught out no matter how good you are. Yeah, I could completely agree. You know, and, and like you say, obviously, you know, the stadium alight is 40, 46, 47,000 capacity, is it? Um, Give or take. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I, I, you know, Blues is a bit smaller, you know, 30,000 capacity, but as you say, you know, I think Alex Ferguson said that the, the St Andrews, when it's full and when it's rocking, it, you know, it's one of the toughest places to go. And he ha- he didn't like coming to Blues as Man United manager. And, and I agree. I think when when the fans are behind them, it can lift that pl- those players 20%. But this season especially, and, and you've got to credit our fans. Again, on Saturday, you had over 20,000 there. For a side that are you know nearing the bottom of the table, the the fans are still with them. They're still going to the games, and they're still willing to back them. Last week we went to Fulham and took four and a half thousand. You know that they are the fans are there. The fans are willing to back them all the way, um, and they're not getting anything for it at the moment. And as you say, the same with Sunderland. If you, if the fans don't think that the players are working for them, and they're not working hard enough, and they're not putting in the performances that they know they can. It's a difficult place for home players to play as well. Yeah, no, most definitely. And it's funny because if you look through your team as well, because I'll be honest, I was looking through your team. There's one or two players that I know, and I was saying this on the podcast last week, and I kind of feel quite embarrassed to admit it, but being in the Premiership for 10 years, you sometimes get a little bit ignorant to any teams that are in the Championship. But No, I understand that, yeah. So I like to have a little look through the players, and I I thought at the bottom of the league, they must have lost their better players, but... I mean, you've got Sam Gallagher, Stockdale, you've got Chekham Doy, uh, Jeremy, is it Boja, Boga? And Boga, yeah, from Chelsea, yeah. You've got, I mean, I know Jenkinson's injured at the moment, but you've got Craig Gardner, yes. who are all solid championship footballers at the very least. And for you to be that far down the bottom and score, I mean, you've only scored 11 goals. Lewis yeah. Graben scored that many. That's mental. Yeah, it's, been, it, it, it's pitiful, the, the goal scoring record. But it's interesting, as an you know, from your perspective as a Sunderland fan, three of the players you've reeled off there have been struggling to get in the team, and I, you know that's been a frustration of Blues fans as well. I think Sam Gallagher, what the one? I mean, he scored on Saturday. That was the first game this season that he's played up front. If he's he's either been on the bench or Cottrell's been playing him on the left wing. Now, a six-foot-four striker who scored goals for a side that was relegated last season in Blackburn to be put out left wing as baffled Blues fans. David Stockdale had an injury. Um, he's just come back into the team, but he's he's uh, arguably the best goalkeeper in the Championship last season. Um, yeah. Jeremy Boger has only just come back into the team and he started for Chelsea this season. Gardner, Craig, nowhere to be seen, Craig Gardner. Nobody knows what's happened to him. Um, so it is. It's like I said on on paper, this squad is probably better than the rabbit one that was lingering outside the playoffs on goal difference when he got sacked. But Cottrell, Redknapp followed by Cottrell, 
are just not getting the best out of them and, and they're, they're so lacking in confidence. Our best player this season has been Michael Kiftenbeld and we've only had him because he somebody signed the wrong, the wrong line on a form when he was trying to sign for Derby on the last day of the transfer window and a week later he had to come back to us because the FA wouldn't allow the transfer and he's been our best player this season. So that sort of sums up our start to the season, Renner. Kind of, kind of sums up your season by the sounds. Absolutely, it? yeah. You know, we, we, we've had a, we had a stroke of luck there, but it, it's it still hasn't uh, it still hasn't helped us out really. And it, it's funny as well. I mean, you you mentioned Gardner there, and I always I always like to look through because the way that we've kind of gone through players the past few years, there's always like one former player kicking about. But um, Gardner was Gardner was a funny one. I don't think there's anyone at something that would necessarily criticise his work rate and stuff like that and he, he came away to Newcastle away a few years ago when he was suspended and he came with the fans on the train okay, and he was yeah. a likeable fella who had a cracking shot on him yeah. and when he went to Birmingham we thought he's like to me he's like a low-end premiership but then obviously going to Birmingham you thought well maybe he's like lost his legs a bit but you see he's not even getting in the team yeah I mean Craig's a Blues fan he's he, you know he's he's um he's admitted publicly that he supports Blues he, he was with us you know, when when we won the Carlin Cup back in 2011, he was in that squad. Um, but when we went down, he, he got sold. Um, I think he was on quite high wages, so he had to be one of the ones that were sold. But he always said he wanted to come back. Uh, and when he did come back on loan in January last year, you know, that, that was it was quite positive. Uh, and the Blues fans were happy about it. You might be right. I think there is a there is a possibility that his legs have gone a little bit. He certainly he didn't appear as fit as as before. Um, again, he came back into the side on Saturday after being nowhere really. You know, nobody knew what was going on with him. But you'd have thought, being a mass, being a Blues fan, he'd be one. He'd be the first one saying, "I want to be in this team to sort the mess out." Like I said, Saturday was his first game in a long while, so. Again, that probably sums up where we are, Rola. It's funny with Gardner because a lot of the time that he was at Sunderland, and I don't just mean like a few years after. I mean like he was actually here about I think it was about four seasons, three seasons at least. But a lot yeah. is a lot of his time here at the beginning, he didn't really hit the ground running, and we paid six million for him. And he used to mm. always want, complain about wanting to go back to Birmingham. He was definitely a homeboy, and when he went to West Brom, it wasn't really that surprising. He's he's yes Birmingham through and through. Yeah, he is, and you know. I, I don't like I said when we got relegated. I don't think it was it was his choice to leave. I think it was a case of you know you're, you're on the big wages. We need to get rid of you, sort of thing, because we we couldn't afford it when we went down. Uh, we had a lot of ownership problems at that time, so he he was one of the ones that was offloaded. But like you say, I think moving up to Sunderland, I think he he did miss home, and and the move back to West Brom helped him. Yeah, you know, but again, I think he always wanted to come back. He always said he wanted to come back to Blues. Uh, he got his wish in the end. Y- you'd hope that someone like that would be would be someone who would be getting the players around, you know, by the scruff of the neck and getting them getting them through this tough period and and getting them working well. But it, it, it hasn't worked so far. But again, I don't think the managerial appointments helped. I don't think Redknapp liked him. And I think probably Cottrell's the same. I'm not sure Cottrell's a massive fan either. You've mentioned the kind of turmoil of players not getting in the team and stuff <laughs> like that. And, and that's been our problem for a long time. We've had players that are signings for other managers and they've gone within six months. 
apparently yeah. German Lenz was a, a dick advocate signing. Allardyce didn't like him, so Lenz didn't get in. And then Allardyce went and Moyes came in and you had all these Moyes signings who then Gleason. Yeah. And it just so on and so forth. And, and it, it does create its own issues. But is your... Because I think a lot of Sunderland's problems despite the, the fact that we're doing quite well, have came right from the top in our chairman. Is your problem a chairman issue or is it just lack of quality? Because I don't see that in your team on paper. I think, well, for me personally, I would I would say the main issue was the chairman, was, was, was the board getting rid of Rarity a year ago. I think that's where the problem stemmed from. It's interesting that you should say about the the different players for from different managers being signed by different managers. I think a lot of Blues fans are, are questioning that as well. You know, there, there appears to be quite a lot of disharmony in the squad, and a lot of that is, you know, Blues fans are putting down to the to the players that were there under Rowett, not being happy with the players that were signed by Zola, and then not being happy with the players that were then signed by Redknapp, and and so on and so forth. And I think similar to to your situation, I think Blues fans are worried that that's causing a bit of disharmony as well. I think right now, I think the the board keep they're right in getting rid of the managers because they're clearly not the right ones. But they're not picking the right ones, obviously, which is why they need to keep getting rid of them every 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 few months. You know, and, and I think that that's the same situation at the moment. I, I honestly can't see Cottrell lasting much longer. So if he does go, the the pressure is really on the board then to get the right man next time round. It's funny as well because I mean. I was looking at the table and I noticed we went fourth from bottom after winning on Saturday. And it's odd. So it's like it's it still feels quite early in the season, even though we're halfway through. And yeah, I feel like when I looked at the bottom three, I was like, oh, so who's the bottom three? It'll be Burton, Bolton, Barnsley or something like that. And then I seen Birmingham dropped into it. And then that's when I looked at your run of form. And you're, yeah. I mean, no wins in six, I think it is. Two wins in about 10. And four of your last five games have been defeats. Like, where do you see this getting better for Birmingham? <laughs> wow, what a good question. <laughs> Probably about 2028 at this, right? No, um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I personally cannot see it improving under Cottrell. I don't think he's, he's good enough, you know, man management-wise. He's not getting the best, and I'm inspiring the players, and he's not inspiring the fans. Every interview that comes out, you know, you, you, you have a look at, the BCFC Twitter account and and have a look at one of when they tweet Cottrell's a snippet of Cottrell's interview and the the replies on it are just every Blues fan is like this this man inspires nothing in us you know just he really doesn't and if he can't inspire it in the fans he sure as hell can't inspire it in the players and I think that's where a lot of our problems are stemming from at the moment. So genuinely, I can't see us getting out of it at the moment. I think I think we're in for a really long season. Personally, I hope he goes sooner rather than later, and we get we get a man in like you have done in Coleman, who who can just transform those players and and get those players playing at the best of their ability. And then we'll see if we've got enough time, enough enough ability for the rest of the season. Because as you say. It does feel like it's still early on in the season, but realistically, we're now halfway through and we're bottom of the table. You mentioned about the Twitter feed there. That could have been David Moyes last year. I mean, I would, <laughs> yeah. I would, even when Grayson was there, I mean, Grayson was weird because Grayson was weirdly, awkwardly likable, but absolutely shite. Yeah. And it's like, I don't even think Cottrell has that. From my yeah, memory, he just, Cottrell, it, yeah. You want to punch him a little bit? He hasn't got that likability in him. He really hasn't. He, 
you know, he comes across as though he's, he's quite arrogant. And like I mentioned last week, we went to Fulham, four and a half thousand Blues fans at Fulham away. We haven't won away all season. We're in the bottom three and we still take four and a half thousand. And, and he come up, you know, at the final whistle, he head down and he walks straight out to the touchline and he doesn't acknowledge the fans. And that really grates on, on Blues fans. You know, we've travelled in numbers to watch this rubbish, you know, and, and we've played terribly again. And we haven't scored. We're struggling to have a shot on target, and you can't even acknowledge us. I think that really that really gets to Blues fans, and that that likability factor certainly isn't there, and the results aren't there either. And one thing I wanted to ask about as well was the the centre forward you signed from Brentford, because it's like you spent quite a big amount of money on him as well, included in that. Yeah, uh, I think he's our record transfer fee about. Over six really? million on Hotter, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> under Dean Smith at Brentford, in that Brentford team, he looked absolutely outstanding. He looked like he could he, he could take on anybody. You know, he was dribbling past people; they were moving it quickly, and and he was really enjoying his football. And I think he's come to Blues, and and we pass it so slow. Our in- there's no intensity there. And I feel a little bit sorry for him because he's he's a bit of a scapegoat goat at the moment based on his transfer fee. Yeah. You know, he, he's getting a bit of stick and he's trying things and it's not working and it's just increasing the frustration levels where actually he's probably looking around and saying, last year I was playing with all these players that were, were really happy to play football and, you know, get the ball down and move it quickly. And, and now I'm I'm stuck with this lot <laughs> and and it's difficult for him. I think he's having to... He's having to adjust. He didn't. He didn't play at all last week against uh, Fulham. You know, I, I think there is. I feel a little bit sorry for him. And similar to Boga as well. I think Boga's the same. You know, used to playing with players that are, are good on the ball, and and he's coming to a side that are really struggling for confidence. You look through again. I want to go back and look through the, the players that you've got, and they are good players on paper. And you've just mentioned two there, but you're right in what you're saying with the manager. And I really think, from an outside perspective. That that has been the problem, like because you you could literally be talking about Sunderland five weeks ago. Yeah. Like you could quite easily be talking about Sunderland five weeks ago. Can't string th- like three passes together, two passes together. That was Sunderland five weeks ago. A manager that doesn't inspire confidence and is a bit of a bumbling idiot. That's Sunderland. Yeah. Five weeks ago, it uh, just goes like, to show you how how big and uh, the managerial appointment is, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if, you, if you make the right one, if you pick that right manager and. And they come in and they get it straight away and they get the players on side straight away. It can really turn your season. And and you guys, I'm sure now, are, are looking at mid-table and not thinking you're clear of danger straight away, but you've got a hell of a better chance now than you did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I certainly, I, I feel like now that we've won at home, I, I don't fear Saturday's game in any way, shape, or yeah. form. Terrible saying that, but I'm I'm looking at this as like let's get six points here over the past. Yeah, two weeks. of course. Whereas we're uh, petrified for any game at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So and we haven't felt that for since Coleman sort of came in. I think um, it's it's weird. The last few games before Coleman came in, it was almost something for a long time, and there's it feels like the pride's kind of back with something now. Yeah. Well, I know a Villa fan, um, a couple of Villa fans. One one guy from work who's a season ticket holder. I think Coleman's first game was Villa away, wasn't it? It and, was, yeah. And the, the the Villa fan that I knew come out of that saying, un, under him, Sunderland aren't going down. They, they look they looked like a, a, a better side already, and and the fans were with them, and and they looked like that they were going to be absolutely fine, really. So uh, you know, I think it's it's showing already. 
Yeah, and I think we've got. I mean, we hadn't kept a clean sheet all season until Coleman came, and he's kept three and five. Yeah, well, so, that's outstanding, isn't it, really? So from from what it was, yeah, yeah, of brilliant. course. And it's funny. One one thing I always like to ask, and like the kind of not so much end on. I'm, I'm going to ask you predictions on Saturday, but I always oh, like please to get. Don't. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to have got to, I've got to ask that. Um, but I was curious as to, and I don't just mean recently, I mean just over the, the season, because Birmingham, are, again, not too dissimilar as a club, but also your fate in the way that, you know, relegations of that, they're not too dissimilar to us. What was your view mm. of of Sunderland's season from an outside perspective? Not like you might not watch this that closely, but from what you know. I think, uh, do you know what? And you joke about it. I think them Villa as well, you know, obviously being such close rivals with them, you know, we, we saw it in them for a couple of years and they, they kept escaping and you think, Oh, how have they got out of that one? And then December comes around next time and they're struggling again. And you're thinking, surely it's going to be their year this time. You know, they can't get out of it again. And I think it's, it was similar with Sunderland as well. You know, Allardyce kept you up and, you know, I think there was one before that as well, where you just survived the season before that as well. And, I think eventually you can't keep getting to January, February and struggling, you know, and relying on those last three or four months to keep you up. And eventually he's going to, he's going to get you. And unfortunately for Sunderland, it, it was the case last year, you know, Moyes is a, is a funny one again. He's doing something at West Ham right now, but he's a funny one. I think if he comes in and, and he doesn't start well straight away, I think he's one that can get a bit, and the fans don't take to him. He, he hasn't got that likability either. So it was, you know, it was unfortunate to see. And like I said, it's we are so similar in 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 a lot of ways. Our clubs that it's yeah. it's, it's sad to see a, a club like Sunderland suffer. You know, forty seven thousand when that place is is rocking. It's you know, it's an again, it's an intimidating place to be, and they sure as hell get behind their team when they're doing well. So it is. It was sad, you know, and you, you want to see the the likes of Sunderland and, and Blues at, at the top end of the table challenging for promotions and, and doing well in the Premier League rather than lingering around the relegation zones. Agreed 100% and it, it sounds like maybe it's the right thing to say to say I feel the same about Birmingham but I, one of my dad's better friends was a Birmingham fan and we'd gone down and had a weekend in, in Birmingham and went to a place called the Zulu Club which was a little bit intimidating I'll be honest. Yeah, I can imagine, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but there's, there's something about Birmingham, I mean when you see like Birmingham Villa derbies, like they're big derbies and they're big games and they're well supported clubs and you don't want to, I mean no club earns the right to be in any division but yeah from a neutral perspective my opinion is you want to see the Sunderland versus Newcastle games Birmingham Villa games you want to see that in the in the big league absolutely and uh, another way we're similar really I think Newcastle you know in your opinion I'm sure they're not but in in the eyes of the neutrals I think Villa and Newcastle are are the bigger clubs in our respective areas and I think we we see ourselves as the as the poorer, poorer side, the poorer brother, if you like, the poorer side of the family, and you know, and and, and when those games comes around, it, it means a hell of a lot. And again, like you said, you want to see those. Those are Premier League games. They are, you know, those, yeah, those are big time games, and and you you don't want to be missing out on those. No, not at all. And it's uh, funny you, you mentioned that about Newcastle, but Newcastle were only invented in 1992, so I don't really know if I'd agree with you on them. <laughs> yes. they we, we've won some more <laughs> recently than that, have, so. I think yeah. everyone has, mate, so you're nothing special. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't even beaten us for about 10 years, so. No, um, no, that's right. 
Anyway, <laughs> um, looking at obviously Saturday's game, moving on to the game on Saturday. Yes. Is there any particular players that you fear? Is there anyone that you particularly worry about? Lewis Graben, obviously, you mentioned he's probably got as many goals as we have our whole team has this season. Is there a is there a news that he's he's on his way back to Bournemouth in January or? I think um, I think nothing's concrete, but we're expecting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. I mean, he, he's you're obviously going to want to get the best out of him, the most out of him while he's there. And I think he's a he's a proven goal scorer in this division. And anybody who's a proven goal scorer against us is a threat at the moment. I think it's, you know what, it's, you've got a decent experience and youth blend, I think, at the moment. And, you know, good your younger players like Gooch and Honeyman, I think anyone who's bright and sprightly and lively against us at the moment is going to look decent. And I think, you know, if, if you can keep the ball relatively well I think I think you'll you'll dominate possession and, and that'll probably help you at the moment hmm. interesting you mentioned Gucci and Honeyman because I've always I feel like we've got better since like the younger lads have kind of came in alongside Gibson yeah. and whatnot yeah uh, and it definitely like Honeyman and, and Gucci have got a lot of legs in them what they might like in quality they make up in a, an abundance with effort how galling was it for you to see us win on Saturday, not just because of your position, but bearing in mind that we haven't won at home all season. Do you think that changes the bearing of how likely a defeat for you and a win for us is on Saturday now that that monkey's off our back, really? I think it can, definitely. I think, you know, like you said, your optimism personally has has changed after the win. I think that's that's just a thing generally with fans. Once you've once you've got that result, once you've got that win, you know, then the next game is winnable and and then they become more and more winnable then. I think certainly as well. I was a bit disappointed, you know, when Coleman was announced because I thought that's you out of trouble then really personally. I, I thought it was a really good managerial appointment. So, yeah, I think I think my expectation of you being down there w- was, was dampened when he was appointed really. But like you say, I think you've got that win now. You've got that home win. And at the moment, honestly, there's probably no better team to play at the moment than us. So... Yeah, I, I honestly can't see us getting anything on Saturday. I think I think you're all good for the three points, to be fair. So I was going to ask for a prediction, but I think you've just pretty much answered yeah. the question of that. Do you fancy yourselves to get hammered? Or? Listen, we, we don't very rarely. I think we lost 6-1 at Hull, which was which was a, a real battering. And you look at the way Hull are. That, that shows what a terrible result that was. You know, Hull, Hull aren't pulling up any trees. But apart from that, we very rarely get battered, but... We struggle to get shots on target. We we struggle defensively. I think we we conceded another set piece on Saturday, and and we really we I I don't think we'll we'll score. We we had a penalty last week at Fulham that we missed, but apart from that, we we rarely created anything. I think it'll be a pretty safe two nil. I'll go two nil Sunderland. To be fair, I'll take it. Take yeah, it. I'm sure you would. Yeah, but uh... and, and and that'll that'll increase the pressure again on Cottrell. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I think hundred percent. I, I don't know whether, from from an outside perspective, whether he could take another defeat. From honest no. with you, well, especially with January coming up, I think the the board have got a serious question. If 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 we do lose to you, the board have got a serious question. Do do we let this man have money to spend in January, or do we change him now, get a new manager in, and give him the funds in January to try and save us? So I think if we do lose to you, that they've got serious questions to ask themselves. Well, I hope from from our perspective, I hope we win for obvious reasons. But after, yeah, of course, yeah. Your depression after speaking about Steve Cottrell, <laughs> I feel like we're going to be helping you out in a, in the long run. But don't just catching us up. But uh, no, no, no. I don't think I don't think you'll be anywhere near it in the end. Well, I'm not going to count my chickens just yet. But yeah, I'll take the I'll take the confidence and I'll try and uh, exude it as much as I can. 
that's it yeah <laughs> yeah but um thanks for coming on chris it's actually been it's been more similar than i kind of expected the clubs to be even though i kind of knew we were similar some of the stuff you said i'm sure everyone listening could say we felt that so it, it does get yeah. better if i can be an agony ant for a minute it does get better i'll uh, try and take that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah of course chris thanks very much no, no luck on saturday and obviously we're going to meet each other i think in january time as well at, uh, yes St. Yeah, I'm hoping that you're still really bad from our perspective for for our sake and both of those games. Yeah. But aside from that, I do wish you luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. And you as well, Graham. Not a problem, my friend. All right. No worries. Have a good night. And you. Bye bye. Cheers, Chris. Bye. So that's uh, another kind of positive podcast. It's kind of a bit weird. I left the, the Fulham chat feeling really positive. That proved to be right. And I, I really feel like we can put a few past Birmingham. But hopefully next time we catch up, going into the Christmas period, we're talking about a second home win of the season. And uh, thanks as always for tuning in again. It's been Graham and it's been the Roper Report Extra. bloomers tend to have more curiosity they tend to have more resilience there's stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men what if everything we've been taught is just all wrong what's worth more than this fear right now and that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being listen to deeply personal insightful and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers listen and subscribe to the unmistakable creative wherever you get your podcasts ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.